Hello, everyone, and welcome to the leadership show called My Great Aunt Edna, the leadership show that focuses on excellence, doing things the right way, no shortcuts, and accountability. I'm your host, Mac McNeil, and today we have a very special guest, Ms. Phoebe Fuquay. And Phoebe is the president and chief executive officer for Elite Eagle Developments Incorporated. EED firm offers consultants throughout the USA and internationally with business development consulting, healthcare management, employee experience, customer experience, workforce management consulting, and accounting services. Phoebe also travels speaking to various audiences through transformational and motivational speaking, conducting seminars, workshops, and speaking to the attendees. Phoebe has experience in executive operations, healthcare management, workforce management, innovative designs, business development, nonprofit development, religious organizational development, political strategies with operational development, mobilizing grassroots campaigns and fundraising campaigns. So as you can see, she's a very busy lady. Additionally, Phoebe has also worked as a political director on progressive political strategy teams. Phoebe recently was awarded the top 50 women in accounting for two years. The 40 under 40 top business professionals in Flagler and Volusia County area for two years. The top 40 influential business women in Flagler and Volusia County area for two years. And also recently the Who's Who's America's Business Owners Award for the last five years. Also, she recently was awarded Strathmore's Who's Worldwide 2022. And with that, I want to say welcome to my guest. Phoebe, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being a guest. And so if, if I understand correctly, you're hanging out down there in Florida, correct? Yes, the beautiful Sunshine State. I am here in Florida. <laughs> that is awesome. And so um, on this show, you know, we focus on leadership and leadership development and things of that nature. And you have a wide range of experiences. But I want to start out today talking about what you're currently doing with this organization, Elite Eagle Developments Incorporated. So if you don't mind, uh, share a little bit about who you are and then the organization as well. Awesome. Yes. Elite Eagle Developments is a business consulting firm. So the goal is to scale businesses, nonprofit organizations or religious organizations to really bring their vision to life. And we do that with various um, parts where it comes from workforce management, strategic planning, accounting, and then all different types of trainings as well. So with this organization, I have a phenomenal team. So we have various departments, marketing department, accounting department, executive coaching department, as well as community liaison department. With this, um, it came from working in corporate, life challenges happen with my health, and you know, it's, it's business. So it's just, they, the executive sat down with me and was like, you know, you have a lot of moving parts with your health, with having cancer, multiple sclerosis. Unfortunately, we have to make a decision on your position. It's like, okay, well, you know, I have to transition. And I took something that was a harsh setback for me financially, and I turned it into um, developing this firm. And it, it went from zero to now we are thriving in um, several figures. And it's just been an awesome, awesome experience with um, Elite Eagle Developments with my firm. So, yeah. 
So thank you for sharing that. And a couple things went through my mind as you were telling your story. So like many people who end up being extremely successful, your story started out with a little bit of adversity. And you talked a little bit about your health, but on this show, I like to get really real because there's some people that are listening right now that are probably going through some struggles like you did as well. So if you don't mind sharing, like, you know, what was that like? You don't have to get into the details of your health. It's, what was that like? You know, what did you feel at that moment in that transition to get you to where you are right now? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't mind being transparent at all. Um, I was working in corporate. It was an amazing experience. Um, I've always dreamed of doing that. Um, so at that time, I was um, was married at the time and had three babies, just had my last baby and health hit me, hit me with multiple sclerosis in 2014, then turned around breast cancer the wow. following year and then going through a divorce with three small babies and they were at the time um just under the ages of five so I was like wow all these moving parts but God was like you have a vision I gave you this vision so do what you've been doing so I continued to develop the the um the firm and mm -hmm. growing up my parents always told me I was an eagle Eagles soar. Eagles go through different things. And even in, in the scriptures, you read about eagles and, and God talks about eagles and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm an, I, I like things to be with excellence. So and I, I develop a lot of moving parts. So I came up with the name Elite Eagle Developments. And from there, I took what was a broken situation and mm -hmm. turned it into the positive. Was it easy? No. But nothing ever comes easy all the time. You will have circumstances where it's a little bit easier, but this entire process showed me that what what's inside of me and what I do for others, first I have to start with myself, and I did. I developed, I'm a systems person, so everybody knows mm -hmm. like SOPs all over the place. So I developed standard operating procedures. I developed everything that I wanted to look like before I had a team. And then when the team started to come, I already had the vision laid out, and it was just in putting them in the proper places. So that's where it came from. Um, and during the entire process, not until last year, um, where I became totally healed. So you're talking about going wow. through chemo sessions, going through surgeries, coming in and out. I'm in the hospital. I remember lying in the hospital. I'm like, oh, somebody passed me a blazer. And I can do this. And I'm that's, like, oh, wait wow. my hair has to be okay. And I'm like, hi, how are you? All right. Now, this isn't a dive right and nobody knew. And then afterwards, I'm collapsing because I'm tired. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, hi, my port. Don't take all the, the, the um, things off. Take everything off me so I can look normal and not knowing. And then some clients knew. Mm -hmm. But I always say starve your distractions and feed your focus. Yes, those were, one was saying it's not a true distraction, and it was. It was distracting me from my path on the dreams that was placed inside of me, and I had to shift it. Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. Yeah. What are you doing with the 90? So that's what I focused on was the 90%. And the 10%, I just gave it to God and the doctors. I'm like, you all have to figure this out. I'm a strategist, so I need you to strategize on this health and let's see how we can make it work. <laughs> so, Phoebe, that's an amazing story. Um, you're encouraging me, to be honest with you, you know, what you're sharing right now. You know, I'm going through something personal in my own life right now, and this is 
extremely encouraging to me. So I know the listeners out there are feeling the same thing there. But you, you mentioned a couple of things earlier on. You said that you have a team now and many people struggle with that. Like you have a vision, you know, you talked about your vision and what you wanted to do. But how do you get to the point from, you know, collapse in your family life, you know, health issues, having a vision and then building a team? So what was that transition in between to get to the point where you actually have a team that's functioning? So first I want to talk about like and when I was working in corporate for various companies, I had a team. I was over several employees. Yeah. So it was a big transition not to have an assistant that or a support team. That in itself was what I was experiencing from transitioning from work, transitioning in the family. Everything was stripped. So, you know, when you have even with the family, husband, wife, that's not there. So we had to experience how is it? being in a co-parenting lifestyle now? How is it being an entrepreneur without support staff? So it took a leap of faith. I'm like, I can't afford to have a staff. And I'm like, okay, what can I do? So it took a leap of faith in order to say, hey, I'm hiring. Everybody was waiting. Oh, Miss Phoebe, you you have a business. I want to work for you. I'm like, yeah, hold on. We're not hiring yet. Fix your words. <laughs> Not, I can't afford you. I didn't openly say that. I was like, oh, right now, you know, we're not hiring right now, but eventually we will be. Yeah. Well, send your resumes. And I was just looking over resumes. So how did that look? I first developed a process prior to. And then I'm, you put my accountant hat on. Okay, how can we financially make this work? A lot of people are quick to hire and slow to fire. I'm slow to hire and quick to fire. There we go. Also making sure whoever I bring on the team, I knew that I wanted to make a certain amount of income. So at that time, they had to, their value had to be at least at that time, a hundred thousand dollar value. You had mm -hmm. to bring in at least that much. And then eventually grew to every person there had to bring in at least $350,000 profit wise or some kind of benefit or something. That's the only way that you can effectively scale. So you had to see what the worth of everybody was. It sounds great to have somebody help and answer the phones, but are you generating revenue? So right. That's how I had to look at it. I um, also made sure that I paid myself. At the time, it wasn't a lot coming in, even if I paid myself $20. I paid myself and I got in the rhythm of doing that, got in the rhythm of making sure. So having a team is very important. But take that leap of faith, even if you have to put them as a contracted employee and say, listen, right now I'm going to, you know, have you do X amount of things. And a lot of times people are quick to say, oh, come on, let me hire you. And then they're just sitting there. The staff right. is sitting. Make sure you have an action plan already ahead. And so when they're coming, you're maximizing because that's time is money. Yeah. And if yeah. they're just sitting as a business owner, you're like, why are you sitting? What else can you be doing? <laughs> but you want to make sure that they are, you know, actively making money for you. So that's what I did. I love it. I love it. Very logical and planned out to get to where you are right now. So your resiliency mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, and I know you work with clients to help them get, you know, to where they want to be as well. So what are some of the things, like if I'm uh, one of your clients and I come to you, like what kind of services could you offer me to help me be successful? Oh, that's a great question. So first and foremost, I always do a consultation. 
And I like, and um, prior to the consultation, I send out an application asking various questions. Sometimes people have time to do it and sometimes they don't, and it's totally okay. But I treat it like a medical practice. You fill out the, the information so I can understand what needs that you, you need. And um, I ask a series of questions so I can see where you are. A lot of times people are like, I have all these moving parts in my brain and I'm just, I don't know, I want to organize. I want to have it together first before I present it to you. I'm like, treat yourself as if you're going to the doctor's office. When you go to the doctor's office, you don't say, I'm going to be healthy before I come to you. No, you come broken. So come to me as broken as possible wow. because one thing that God has anointed me to be is one who can develop a masterpiece out of broken pieces. And, and so, and I, I love to have scattered. I love issues. I like mm -hmm. to fix solutions. And I don't know if that's because I, I have a, um, a degree in architecture engineering. So that's my design part as well. So um, when I look at that, I'm like, Oh, that's okay. And I love to piece it together. And I'll walk you through the process. I literally hold your hand. My team and I will hold your hand through the entire process and develop a strategic plan, develop standard operating procedures, a marketing strategy, a financial projections. You have every single thing, all the roadmaps to success. Mm -hmm. And then we jump into implementation. So we, I phase out everything for you for long-term growth. And also to make sure that your company is team-led and not you in the ring as a ringleader in there boxing with everybody else yeah, after yeah. a while you don't want to be so aggravated with your own baby and a lot of people are burnt out and so I try to make it the best as possible make it as seamless as possible so you can focus on the do mm -hmm. and I, I handle all the quote unquote unattractive things the accounting and the, the employee um, workforce management and strategies and all this different stuff you just I literally make it very simple for my clients. You come to me, we meet um, sometimes every week, every month, or you're meeting with some parts of the team and we're just helping bring it together. We're just piecing everything together for you. And sometimes just doing the implementation part and you're just focused on being an entrepreneur, business owner, and focus on what is placed inside of you without the stress of handling all of the intricate parts. Of your approach, your approach is really, really full of wisdom. As I'm listening to you speak, it's well thought out, not only from a tactical standpoint, but there's wisdom associated with it. And so I want to take this next question into more of a leadership thought process. You talked about earlier that, you know, you're slow to hire, quick to fire. Um, and in great on Edna, the A in Edna stands for accountability. So with your team... How do you hold your team accountable and what's the culture that you utilize to do so? That's an awesome question. Accountability is key. That's what I thrive off of in my team. So we have, um, I have weekly staff meetings, but daily briefing and debriefings. So Love it. that's very important to me so you can understand. So in the staff meetings, I'll start with that. Staff meetings are always reiterate what the vision is. What is our vision? What is our model? Why are we here? And what is your purpose here? Because when you understand your purpose, that employee experience goes up, their morale goes up, they feel yes. involved, they feel connected, and they own it. And I say we a lot, and we're going to do this, not I. Yes, I'm the one in charge, sign the mm -hmm. check, but at the end of the day, I'm nothing without them. Yeah. And I tell them that often. And, and I tell them how grateful I am for them. And I allow my team to do their job. And I say, you know, that's the reason why I hired you. 
It's because you're awesome. You're phenomenal. You're an expert in your role. And accountability, I always hold them accountable. We have action plans every week. Mm -hmm. There's an action plan every month, every quarter. And then also I'm big on training. You're going to go over these standard operating procedures. You're going to go over <laughs> different trainings. I'm going to send you to trainings here, webinars, because every day things are changing. And it's also, the, and I, the culture is very um, self-discovery. I take that approach. So I have a coaching type instead of a dictator leadership approach. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, okay, so walk me through what that, you know, if they messed up on something, walk me through what you were thinking when that happened. Okay, mm -hmm. so you do understand these, this is the process. Why did you miss step number seven? Walk me through what you were feeling. Okay, so let's not do that again. So next time we need to do X, Y, Z. And you do understand that you're getting written up for this or I'm going to hold you accountable. And it's always that. And they know, some, they always tell me, I don't know if I am bleeding or did I have a Band-Aid on me? But I feel okay, but I, I think you just went in on me, but I don't know. I like that because I never want them to feel so uncomfortable. They're fear. They respect me, but they don't fear. Like, oh, I can't talk or I right. can't do that. You know, so they just know. Um, but I hold them accountable. But what's important, they hold me accountable too. So if oh, I'm like, I'm so old. They're like, okay, Miss um, Phoebe, wait a minute. Fix your face. Like, ooh, mm. this this situation or this is I'm feeling overwhelmed. Okay, well, walk us through what you feel it. So it's it's two ways. It's not mm. just one sided. Um, so that's how I do. And then I'm really big on making sure that they are putting the proper things in their body. So even if it means that me having a massage therapist come to the office and Yo, that we, is awesome. We're stressed. I have them come and we have a session and they come in just in the chair and just relax mm -hmm. and whatever, or just maybe it's a pour in. So that's how we hold each other accountable. And I hold my staff accountable either on their projects within themselves or whatever thing personally that they're, that they're dealing with. We have to make sure body, mind and spirit, as well as professional um, in our profession, we have to be strong and solid because people lives are at stake. We literally have people live. Their entire accounts are in our hands. So. Yes, it is. It is. Our leadership styles are so similar. I'm listening to you speaking. It's almost eerie. It really is. <laughs> and I'm going to do something for you that I've never done for any uh, guest on my show ever. I'm going to send you a copy of my book. You know, normally oh. I just tell people where they can get it, but I really okay. do want you to read it because there's so many similarities in there. And it might be, a, you know, a nugget or two that, you know, might help you out there. But um, I love your your leadership style and your approach, the way that you do things. Um, so I'm moving to my this is I call this my staple question. I ask everyone that comes on this show this question. So in today's environment, in 2023, as a leader, what are one or two things that pisses you off that you wish that you could change? Woo! Yeah. Um, <laughs> where do we start? Are you referring to when it comes to staff or? Whatever you want to talk about. I would say, um, and I don't know how it is where you are, but when it comes to the generation, the younger generation, mm -hmm. when it comes to their work ethics and their expectations of work ethics mm -hmm. and accountability. So much goes on with that. Um, I have interns. I'm really big on interns and cultivating the babies. 
But when they come, it's like they feel a little entitled. Yeah. And their paper or potential piece of paper, um, their degree, I was like, I have degrees too, baby. But at the same time, we have to make sure that solid foundation is there. So that that really, really upsets me when they come and feel like that. Also, the lack of diversity mm-hmm. in the um, in the marketplace. And it, we've come so far. I don't want yeah. to say that we have not come so far, but yet we're still so far away. And that's something that really grieves my spirit when I see that. I'm like, man, you know, we have yet, we have so much to do do but also it, it plays on um the next generation we have to make sure we pour into that generation it doesn't yeah. start in college it starts in middle school mm-hmm. in high school um so i really capture them a lot with a lot of um, mentoring that i do i do a lot um with that in, in the community especially with aviation um part of the black pilots of america mm-hmm. so with with um I, Fly, I've been flying since I was 17, but with the health and stuff, put they stripped me, <laughs> and um, because of like the tumors on my brain and all this different stuff, so I shifted that to really focus on pouring into the youth versus me actually flying. Now I'm able to fly, but I say all that to say the expectations of what they feel or you know a little bit entitled. I just really feel like we can do a better job at really educating them on the reality. And really working hard, and then also the opportunity just in the marketplace in general for minorities are, are not as good as they should be. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And again, this conversation is eerie. I just want to let all the listeners know, like we don't know each other, but um, I, I, no. <laughs> I but I fly as well. <laughs> I, yeah, Cessna one seventy two SPs. I started flying at French Valley Airport in California, so yeah, I can definitely relate to that. But um, going back to something you said, I mean, you're talking about the generational issues that you're having with the younger generation. So there's a show that I did with a gentleman by the name of David Stillman. So if you go on to um, my podcast page, uh, find that episode with David Stillman and listen to that. He's a generational expert. And he talks about what you're stating, but there, he has some interesting twists on it. And after you listen to that episode, if you're interested, I'll connect the two of you. I think it would be really, really interesting, okay. uh, you know, a good conversation for you there. But I can I can definitely relate. And then when we talk about the opportunities in the marketplace with diversity, that was actually a question that I was going to ask you about um, your workplace. Like, how do you approach diversity, equity, and inclusion in your workplace as a black woman that started her own organization? Because normally when we see DEI right now, it's typically like a fortune 500 fortune 100 and they hired a you know a, a chief diversity officer who happens to be black and so we're working on right. that progression but thinking about an entrepreneur state you know starting out with your own organization how do you approach that oh that's a great question i'm really big on making sure I, so my team is is a is very diverse so i don't of course one would say and i tell my clients this as well especially the minorities mix it up don't just have a whole bunch of or don't just have not none of you at all like mix it up so mine is very diverse i also have um their different um speakers as well as far as um languages so i have spanish creole as well as french Mm -hmm. and i'm soon to hire someone um there from japan so gonna hire on the tech side so making sure that we have that diversity that's Mm -hmm. there um, 
because I do a lot of international um, consulting, so I have to make sure that diversity is there. And when you walk in the office, you don't know who's in charge as far as is it a black owner, is it mm-hmm. white owner, is it Hispanic owner, is it what, what are we getting here? Right. And I like that because we live in a country, we live in a world where it's a melting pot. Yes. And I don't want the mindset of, well, this is going to be that type of approach or that. No, we're here to make sure that your care is 100%. And that's just the care of your account, the care of your, your, your vision that's inside of you. So I'm really big on that, but also making sure it's very clear when I do my strategic plans for clients as well. Like, okay, you have to look at it from a diversity approach because I, I have experienced it all when it comes to diversity. So, you know, I have a, a very diverse clientele as well. So that's my approach when it comes to the diversity is very, I love very important, it. but not just when it comes to um, the type of race, but age as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to hire this age demographic because X, Y, Z. You'll be surprised what those hidden gems and different generations can bring. Yes. It's yes. all about who's cultivating it. That's And so it's very diverse this summertime. So I, um, I have a lot of youth in there being on career, career mentoring. So have a couple middle schools, high school, and then um, also college. And they have their roles and what they do. And the clients love it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I force them to love it because it's kind of, they, they have a stigma of all these kids. They don't know what they're doing. The marketing team is amazing because why that's all that they're doing is tech technology. So that's, that's what I, I like to do is make sure it's not just diverse on what the skin color or gender age as well that's i'm really big when it comes to that as well awesome awesome so this has been a great dialogue we're going to wrap it up here but before we go uh, i want to turn it over to you just to tell the audience out there anything that you want them to know about yourself your organization or your future plans okay awesome well thank you um so again i'm the president and ceo of elite eagle development you can Find me on all the social media platforms under Elite Eagle Development or under my name, Phoebe Fuquay. Um, so that's all of the social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, my website is EliteEagleDevelopment.org. Um, I have a couple books coming out. I have um, a strategy, business strategy journal that gives you roadmaps to developing a, a positive strategic plan. Um, that will be coming out next week. And then also a standard operating procedure business strategy to help you navigate through that. And some other um, books about my health. Those are all coming out within the next month. So I've been busy writing. Um, and if you want to learn more about me, you can definitely reach out. I am so I'm available to really pour out to people. But most of all, I want those who are entrepreneurs or just have a desire to do anything really focus on starving your distractions and feeding your focus because life is going to come at you left and right but you have to be resilient to know that you have a purpose in life because life is 10 percent of what happens to you and 90 percent of how you react to it and in the words of miles monroe i want to die empty so if you're full of a lot of things (laughs) and your goal is to die empty 
that is a phenomenal way to think about life because you want to rob the grave. The grave is the richest place in this world because it's so full of potential. But if you have the mindset of I want to be able to pour out a lot and rob the grave, you will have a fulfilled life. Amazing. Make sure you follow her, reach out to her, find out about her organization. Um, and for the listeners and viewers out there, make sure you like and subscribe to this channel so you can hear from other great leaders from all over the world. And with that, I say thank you, God bless, and may your week be excellent. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to today's show. And I definitely want to thank Miss Phoebe Fuquay for being a special guest today. She is the very definition of overcoming obstacles. She's a dynamic woman that I am truly impressed with. So please, we're going to put her information up on the screen and reach out to her for business consultation. She is motivated, dedicated, and anointed to do this work. And also, I want to remind everyone that my book is available now called My Great Aunt Edna, The Golden Girl of Leadership, available wherever books are sold. So make sure to get your copy today and also like and subscribe to this channel so that you can hear from leaders from all over the world today to help you in your own leadership journey. And with that, I say thank you. May your week be excellent and God bless.